Jalen Johnson is back at Chicago Bears OTAs, as are a few other missing faces. But all of it proves once again that any speculation, concerns, controversy over Jalen Johnson's contract situation were overblown and pretty much nonsense. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter in our promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. On the show today, we catch up on Bears OTA's news with Jalen Johnson back in the fold. We'll hear from him about, you know, in his own words, why he was gone, why he wasn't here for OTA's practice, and why it was never about the contract negotiations that he's looking for a new extension. We'll also catch up on some of the injured players who are making progress, some of the other missing players who have returned in general. And we'll hear from safety Jaquan Brisker about his rookie season, uh, why he wants to be able to do more this season and expand his role, while also, I think, catching up on some of his own mistakes and areas he can grow from his first year. But let's start with some of the sort of like injury slash availability roundups because not everybody who was missing was injured and not everybody who was injured was missing. But we know this week the big name is Jalen Johnson back at OTAs. We'll hear from him a little bit later on in the podcast today. Good to have him back out there roaming among with the cornerbacks. Also back was Nate Davis, the free agent guard signed from the Tennessee Titans. And while we will hear from Jalen Johnson about some of his specific reasoning for having been gone, we have not yet heard from Nate Davis, but we knew it wasn't going to be a contract thing because he just signed a contract to come to the Chicago Bears. And so we kind of knew all along that with Nate Davis, probably something relatively inconsequential to his ability to play football, probably something off-field related, personal life related, that's probably none of our business anyway. And who, who knows, we may not ever find out exactly what it was, but I don't think you've seen too many people ultimately concerned about him not being there because, well, it is a brand new team, new teammates, a new offensive line to get used to. And yes, a new offensive coordinator and new coaches. It's a similar style of offense, a similar system from the same tree, literally, uh, of coaching tree of, of offense that he played in Tennessee. So it's not like he has to learn a ton of brand new stuff in Chicago. It's more like learning exactly what they call it here. And it's kind of the same thing with a different name. But then also, of course, learning Cody Whitehair as the new center to his left and learning Darnell Wright as the new right tackle to his right. And I think for, if anything, like Nate Davis back is best for Darnell Wright. Like that's what, I think that's what it mattered the most is like having Darnell Wright have that solid, stable right guard next to him that he can keep relying on and can have that sort of consistent presence next to him and know who that's going to be from today through 
week 18, as long as everyone stays healthy, like building a, building that chemistry and that trust between right guard and right tackle will be particularly important for the right tackle. Of course, it matters to the right guard as well, but because this is your rookie first round pick, having his rock next to him in Nate Davis should go a long way towards his development and building up that trust on that side of the line. Also back at OTA's practice, Eddie Jackson, he finished last season on injured reserve, you may remember, and was not participating in the early portions of OTAs because of the injury. But Matt Eberflus said that Eddie Jackson is ramping up with individual drills right now, and they're going to get him back out into team drills soon enough. And seems like he's on a very good timeline to essentially be full go here. And you kind of get the impression that, you know, if this wasn't May and June, that, you know, like if they, if they were going to play a game on Sunday, that maybe Jackson could be ready to go. But of course, there's no reason to rush at this stage of the process. They're going to take it slow. They're going to ramp him up because he's a veteran. He's been in this a long time. He doesn't necessarily need these OTA practices or mini camp practices all that much. And it's good reps for some of the younger players behind him as well. But just sort of good to have that confirmation that not only are things recovering on the right track, but like he's even closer to 100% and should be you know good to go here sooner rather than later. It just kind of helps everybody else in the secondary have that leader back out there and to be that sort of steadying voice there to, to you know, be the man and one of the faces of this Chicago Bears defense. Darnell Mooney is still not practicing at Bears OTAs as he recovers from offseason injury. I was going to say surgery, but I can't remember if he had surgery or if he's just recovering from the injuries from last season, but has not been able to return to practice just yet. But we've heard Matt Eberflus say kind of again and again that they're not super concerned, and he's on the right track. And we got a little bit more of a concrete timeline update on Wednesday when Matt Eberflus said, like, he is fully expecting Darnell Mooney to be back and ready to go by training camp. Like, that is the expectation, is that barring any setbacks, Mooney will be good for training camp. He couldn't commit to whether or not he'll be good for mandatory minicamp here, like, before the break, before training camp. And at this point, much like Eddie Jackson, like, there's no pressure or urgency to, like, rush Mooney back in there. Like, yes... You want as many reps with Fields as you can or whatever, but, like, he's the one who's been here the longest among all the other receivers and had the most time to work with Justin Fields. So it's more important that DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and Tyler Scott and some of these other guys are out there catching passes from Moore or catching passes from Fields. But Mooney Mooney can pick back up where he left off, and especially if you have a whole training camp, you're not missing too much with him not being a part of these practices at this time of year. But it's good to be to, to have some encouragement there that, this isn't going to like linger into the regular season type of concern. It's just like, no, we'll give him the training camp and let things kind of recuperate that way. And he'll be good to go and pick things back up. So, you know, it feels like as positive of an OTA's development as you can have at this point in like a way that actually matters. You know, it's, most of the time, things that come out of OTAs in terms of like quotes, storylines by week one doesn't matter at all. And it's all a bunch of nonsense and hype that doesn't mean anything. The main thing that matters the most out of OTAs is players staying healthy and the bears have been able to stay healthy and the bears have been able to get healthier with guys coming back and ramping their up, ramping up into practice. So smooth sailing ahead with everyone around that needs to be around and everyone mending on the path that needs to be mended. Of course, smooth sailing right now with Jalen Johnson, who's back and kind of acting like, you know, everything's fine. And because really everything was fine all along, there was never a holdout or some big sort of contentious tension with him and the organization or Matt Eberflus or anybody. And we'll hear Jalen Johnson explain in his own words what he was absent for next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our new friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes super comfortable shorts and joggers, long pants 
for mainly for men, but we've had some other female hosts on the Lockdown Podcast Network here also really enjoy wearing them. You know, they, they sent us some free samples. They're really comfortable. They've got these stretch khaki shorts that are defined that are designed to fit a little slimmer through the thigh and the leg that give you more of like a sculpted look. And their shorts come with a lining in them that's super, super comfortable. Personally, like I've always been a boxer shorts kind of guy, like kind of being loose down there and letting things hang out. And I've always felt like, you know, the briefs feeling is a little bit like too tight and constricting, but these bird dog liners are changing my mind because they are loose, but still like firm and holding and, and breathable. They have some special fabric technology that they've worked on. It's that they call it cloud knit fabric so that they can make these khaki shorts that look like khaki, but stretch so you get a slimmer fit. And also this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long in your bird dogs. They're really comfortable. I've been enjoying them and might have to get myself some more here the more I've been wearing them. If you want to try them for yourself, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter in our promo code locked on NFL to win a, to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. When Jalen Johnson was away from bears OTAs, it left open room for speculation. And that's ultimately what it ended up being was speculation that you start to do the math and say, okay, OTAs are voluntary, but pretty much everyone is there except like Nate Davis and, and Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is entering the last year of his contract with the bears and is seeking a contract extension in negotiations with the team. And this is the time of year when players might do that sort of a holdout situation because it's voluntary. And even if you know, even just to sort of send a message of like, Hey, I'm not going to risk practicing voluntarily that could involve an injury. Well, I still need to get a new long-term contract from you. And on top of that, no one really gave us a good answer as to where Jalen Johnson was. And I think the bigger theme here might be that like just, it was a, a failure of communications to the public. And I don't know exactly who you want to pin that on or blame that on, but a failure of like, Hey, everyone, here's what's going on. We never really got a good answer. And so when we didn't have the truth, or I guess transparency and however you want to define it, we look for our own answers and say, okay, well, we don't know what it is. So what could it be? And of course, that's where the brain and the mind starts to go to the contract holdout question and whether or not that could have been the case, especially I think after Roquan Smith being fresh into our minds last season. But Jalen Johnson indeed returned to the team this week and wasn't afraid to go do the press conference, answer any questions the media might have. And he, he really strongly downplayed concern uh, whether this was contract related and really kind of gave the real reason he was gone. Not even close. Nah, 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 that's not, no. And I feel like if anybody knows me, that's not, that's not my character. Um, and I think at the end of the day for, for me, me, I won't even say hold now. I mean, just having prior, prior priorities. Um, and at the end of the day, everybody knows I have a three-year-old daughter back at home in California. And I mean, I'm a dad before I'm anything else, um, before I'm a football player, before I'm anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a dad first. So, I mean, I don't get to spend too much time with her in the, during season because she's back at home in California. So, me in the off season, I'll take, I'll take pride in being a dad. I'm not just a, any old type of dad that just comes and sees her kid whenever. Like, no, I'm present. I'm spending time. I'm putting my heart into my daughter. So, when it comes to the off season, I, I take that serious. And I think that I communicated with that to the coaches and they understood and hopefully respected it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be there for my, for my daughter. And I mean, because they can find another corner. My daughter can't find another dad. So, I mean, I take, I take pride in that. 
I love that quote at the end there that, you know, the Bears can find another cornerback, but my daughter can't just find another dad. And I think that's a really, a really strong sentiment that hopefully clears up a lot of the concerns or should clear up all the concerns about why he was absent from OTAs. And I think, you know, when I hear Jalen Johnson that way, like I, I find myself with just a hundred percent empathy and almost zero, I would say zero concern. Like to me, this is not anything that's like selfish or, you know, I feel like you could, a cynical person could try and paint that in a certain light, but like at the end of the day, OTAs are voluntary. And if it's important for players to be there, then make it mandatory. And if it's not important for players to be there, then they don't have to be there. Like, it's not that important for Jalen Johnson to be there. It's, it's not like, it's not like, it's not Jalen Johnson saying, oh, I'm so great and I have nothing to improve on or nothing to work on. So I don't need to be there. No, I mean, he's there now. It's, he's, it's still the voluntary portions of OTAs. He, he's, he has shown up to mandatory minicamp starts next week. So it's not mandatory at this stage of the process for him, but he still showed up because, you know, he had taken care of things he wanted to take care of back home out in California and tried to squeeze in as much time as he could with his family. And no one can blame him for wanting to spend time with his daughter, especially because she's three years old. And that's, uh, I mean, anybody who's a parent can can vouch for how much that matters. He also went on to say, too, like some other things he had been doing out in, in that area, too. He did a golf tournament for his charity, did a youth football camp out there. Like he had other things going on that are not, you know, I wouldn't consider them like selfish by any means, right? It's not just like he wants to go have fun and party or whatever, right? Like he's he's doing important valuable things that are well worth his time. And like, really, how much does OTAs matter? Like he went on to say like, you know, while he was gone, he was getting up early every morning to be in every Zoom meeting that they did for installs and stuff. He was talking to the cornerbacks coach, John Hoke, multiple times a week. He was talking to Kendall Vildor and the other cornerbacks multiple times a week. Communication never stopped. And also like he was working out. He was staying in shape. He was doing everything he needed to do other than like physically be on the practice field with his teammates, which He'll get to do now at mandatory mini camps and the rest of OTAs, which he'll do at training camp. And just like, you know, just like we're not concerned that Darnell Mooney is missing this time. If he's back by training camp, he'll be fine. Like no one should be concerned about Jalen Johnson missing this time, because if he's there for the mandatory stuff in training camp, like he'll be fine. So to me, this is a player like fully exercising his right to, to a voluntary thing. And it's like he's not getting paid to be there. It's voluntary. I mean, it's like he's under contract to show up for the mandatory parts. He's not under contract to show up for the voluntary parts. And I feel like it's like if you had a voluntary event at work that like a volunteer, like, are you going to go? Like if it's not, if it's not a fun thing, but it's extra work, that's voluntary. Like yeah, maybe you love your coworkers and you love your job and you're happy to go do it. Sure. For some people, that's the case. And Jalen Johnson certainly loves his coworkers and loves his job. But if you have a thing going on with your daughter and you have other events you got to do, are you going to skip those things to go back to work? voluntarily and for not extra pay, or are you going to go do the other things that might be more important to you in your life than purely just work, knowing that you're still going to do your full job to the best of your ability and everything your bosses ask you to do. Like that's, that's what Jalen Johnson's doing. And I don't fault him for that at all. And I think it's perfectly within his rights to do so. And we should have zero effect on his ability to play well this season or the Chicago bears ability to play well this upcoming regular season. It is nice though, to have the secondary whole and intact with Jalen Johnson back with Eddie Jackson limited, but ramping up into full team activities here, moving into mandatory mini camp last week. And it's going to give a guy like Jaquan Brisker an opportunity to do more, to spread his wings a little bit and to grow in his role in this Chicago Bears defense. We'll hear from him about what he envisions and, and where he thinks maybe he ran into some roadblocks as a rookie next on Locked on Bears. 
I don't think too many people have complaints about what we saw from Jalen from Jaquan Brisker's rookie season. He missed a few too many tackles, sure. He was out of position here and there, took a couple of bad angles, but like Jaquan Brisker pretty well played like you would expect a mid-second round pick rookie safety would play being thrown into the starting lineup right away. I and mean, you know, he earned that through training camp and had was able to build up. It wasn't like week one. He just got tossed out there out of nowhere. Like he had earned that role and built up through it and practice as the starter next to Eddie Jackson as a rookie, but like pretty well checked a lot of the boxes. You know, rookies are going to make mistakes. Sometimes he made some nice hits, some nice plays, some nice reads as well in there. And it was like, okay, good first step for Jaquan Brisker. Let's see him take that next step in year two. I think we kind of look back and can sometimes forget how something like an injury can play a role in, in, a player's performance. And I think, you know, when he was dealing with a thumb injury fairly early on in the season that kind of in the preseason time that kind of took him out of things. And then, of course, a concussion later in the year took him, took him out and missed a few games as well. Like that certainly can play a role in this process. And he talked a little bit about how that affected him, but also like where it was easy for him and then where it got more difficult for him and how he's trying to sort of pin that down now in year two. I feel like last year, you know, I, I came in. Um, just I feel like I was just moving too fast. Like I was moving, like I caught up to the game, but you know when I messed up my thumb and things like that. Um, I feel like when I came back, I was trying to like move too fast instead of you know being under control. Um, you know being myself, making plays, and you know not giving up certain things or you know not being consistent. You know I'm usually I'm consistent. You know a leader and things like that. And um, and you see it during the OTAs this year. I'm, you know, a lot of different energy. You know, I'm flying around, you know, playing both safeties and things like that. So definitely gonna get a different nine this year. So slow. So you said it was going too fast for a while. So yeah, I was moving too fast. Yeah, I was just feel like I was like my footwork wasn't you know well. On my eyes, a little dirty and things like that. So cleaned all that up. So I'm good now. A lot to unpack there from Jaquan Brisker. Went a few different places, but uh, uh, where I want to start at least is this idea of like, yeah. We're going a little bit too fast. We heard that from Kyler Gordon last week on the podcast when he talked about that too. Like you're just, as a rookie, when you're out there, you're trying to stay on top of everything, right? You're trying to see everything. You're trying to keep track of everything. And there's a lot that NFL offenses are throwing at you, literally <laughs> throwing at you as a defensive back. And that one of the things Gordon had said that we heard on the podcast was that like he needed to just kind of slow down and focus on like, just his keys. Like, what do I need to know on this play to do my job rather than trying to know absolutely everything? Like, yeah, you want to build up to knowing everything, but kind of picking your battles here and mastering the little things first and then broadening out to the to the broader, like, bigger things that you can add on to grow your game and become an even better player. And it sounds like there's some of that with Brisker there, too, in terms of just moving too fast. You know, his footwork was you know, he's coming in hot a lot of times coming downhill. And he said, like, his footwork and eyes need to be cleaned up like you got to see it. You got to slow it down a little bit, <clears throat> not even necessarily like always purely physically, but like mentally slow it down a little bit. Quit trying to be on top of everything and just play football, relax, read your keys and go feel out your instincts. And you know, like you said, like wasn't quite under control or feeling quite like himself, but now back 100 percent healthy, really dialed in here. Because he'd also said earlier, too, that like he felt like beginning of the year, like he felt like he was ahead of ahead of pace, like things were easy and he was rolling. And then the injury slowed him down and, and back and forth. And it's like if he can stay healthy, that he feels like he's really on, on a good track here to keep things progressing positively in the trajectory that his career is already on. But it's also interesting that you know, he wants to try and do more stuff because, I mean, it's like, well, hold on. You were going too fast. You, you needed to, like, slow down a little bit. Like, okay, have you slowed down properly enough to now start moving faster in terms of playing both safety spots and 
blitzing a little bit more and trying to be a more versatile player. Like I was looking back at his snap counts last season. On defense, he played a 954 snaps and just under 300 of them were at free safety. So you're thinking a little bit less than a third of his snaps were at free safety. The rest are, you know, the strong safety spots, you know, more like a in the box type, you know, linebacker off ball safety, or sometimes coming down and playing slot cornerback. And then there was a number of snaps. You may remember they'd come up and put him right on the edge and he'd either blitz or bail out of it, but more of like an, an outside linebacker type position, but clearly, you know, still playing the safety role on that, on that spot. But Clearly, I think, wants to be able to feel even more versatile so that, you know, it doesn't have to just be like, yeah, when it's Jackson and Brisker on the field, Jackson's usually the guy who's going to go back and be the deep safety. Sometimes there'll be two deep safeties and Brisker will join them. But it felt, and maybe anecdotally, rare that you would see a play where there's one deep safety and it's Jaquan Brisker. Because, like, of course, it's Eddie Jackson's strength is going more on the deep end of the field and it's Jaquan Brisker's strength to be more up near the box and so generally you want to play those players more to their strengths and be able to you know get the best out of their skill sets but I think what Brisker's thinking about more too is like you know Eddie Jackson went on IR after week 12 so there was a good what is that six games what one two three four five yeah six games without Eddie Jackson out there where maybe Brisker felt like he wanted more free safety responsibilities on those plays and maybe didn't get as many as he would want, but wants to stretch and grow his game in that area. Because comparatively, Eddie Jackson played just under 700 snaps last season and was at a free safety spot on 473 of them. So you're talking well over 50%. My math is not great enough to say a a better range than that, like 60, 65, maybe 70%. I, I, I really don't know the math when you're doing 475 out of 700, but I guess it's almost five sevenths of the time. That's a weird fraction to do the math on here. But anyway, almost five sevenths of the time Jackson was at the free safety. And there's something to be said about at least being able to m- threaten to mix that up more. Cause like, it's like we were saying, like that's Jackson's strength. He should be at free safety the majority of the time, the more he's in the box and in the slot, like the less you feel like you're getting him in his best spot, but you have to balance like wanting to put their players in the best positions. That's best for them to also being predictable for opposing offenses to know like, okay, well, Jackson's, Jackson's pretending like he's not going to be deep, but then he goes deep. And we kind of know that most of the time Jackson's going to end up going deep. So even when he lines up not deep, he's probably going to rotate up to deep. And when he's already deep, he's not likely to rotate down as much. And it becomes one of those kind of trends that opposing offenses can try and key in on and predict the coverage a little bit easier, you know, knowing where these guys more likely generally end up. Doesn't mean it should be an even 50-50 split then of Jackson and Brisker at deep in the box, but it's just about having more options in your repertoire, more things to throw at opposing offenses. And I think it's good on for Brisker for wanting to grow in that way. I think we saw the Bears coaching staff try not to do too much of that with him, and that's why he wants to do more. But I think it's a sign that coaching staff knows a little bit of like, hey, let's make sure you're really good at what we need you to do first, and then we'll grow beyond that. And I don't think they're going to throw him, you know, all this brand new stuff and put a bunch of stuff on his plate and expect him to master it all right away and, and make him into this big, you know, crazy new role that that's going to be too much for him. I think there's enough sort of like restraint, if you will, from, from the coaching staff to do this slowly and do it the right way so that Brisker can still be the best safety he can be and not just try and be everything all at once. You can still be really good at the things that he is really good at. I know I'm excited to watch Jaquan Brisker's development in year two this season. We're going to be breaking it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. 
Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen every day. We love our everydayers that are tuning in five days a week for the Locked On Bears podcast. I just got a, a someone on Twitter had reached out just the other day and said, hey, it's my first time listening. Let me just find his name uh, real quick. Uh, at Brangus Wangus is a great Twitter name. B-R-A-N-G-U-S-W-A-N-G-U-S. Just wanted to say thanks for hosting the LOB pod. First time listener, and I'll be tuning in every day. We love it hearing from you every day or out there, or even if it's your first time listening. I guess Brangus Wangus became both a, a first time listener and an everydayer. We love all of you for tuning in, and we hope that because you tune in, you then walk away each and every day with another opportunity to bear down.